Hello and welcome to Fireside Stories. My name is Mac and I'll be your host today. For today's episode, we'll be traveling back to hear a story about a mysterious chocolate factory. So grab your milk and cookies and a seat next to the fire. Here we go. Today's story collection comes from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. The Secret Workers The next evening, Grandpa Joe went on with his story. You see, Charlie, he said, not so very long ago, there used to be thousands of people working in Mr. Willy Wonka's factory. Then, one day, all of a sudden, Mr. Wonka had to ask every single one of them to leave, to go home, never to come back. But why? asked Charlie. Because of spies. Spies? Yes. All the other chocolate makers, you see, had begun to grow jealous of the wonderful candies that Mr. Wonka was making and they started sending in spies to steal his secret recipes. The spies took jobs in the Wonka factory, pretending that they were ordinary workers. And while they were there, each one of them found out exactly how a certain special thing was made. And did they go back to their own factories and tell? Asked Charlie. They must have, answered Grandpa Joe. Because soon after that, Fickle Gruber's factory started making an ice cream that would never melt, even in the hottest sun. Then Mr. Prodnose's factory came out with a chewing gum that never lost its flavor, however much she chewed it. And then Mr. Slugworth's factory began making candy balloons that you could blow up to huge sizes before you popped them with a pin and gobbled them up. And so on and on. And Mr. Willy Wonka tore his beard and shouted, This is terrible. I shall be ruined. There are spies everywhere. I shall have to close the factory. But he didn't do that, Charlie said. Oh, yes, he did. And he told all the workers that he was sorry, but they would have to go home. Then he shut the main gates and fastened them with a chain. And suddenly, Wonka's giant chocolate factory became silent and deserted. The chimneys stopped smoking. The machines stopped whirring. And from then on, not a single chocolate or candy was made. Not a soul went in or out, and even Mr. Willy Wonka himself disappeared completely. Months and months went by, Grandpa Joe went on, but still the factory remained closed. And everybody said, poor Mr. Wonka, he was so nice and he made such marvelous things. But he's finished now, it's all over. 
Then, something astonishing happened. One day, early in the morning, thin columns of white smoke were seen to be coming out of the tops of the tall chimneys of the factory. People in the town stopped and stared. What's going on? they cried. Someone's lit the furnaces. Mr. Wonka must be opening up again. They ran to the gates, expecting to see them wide open and Mr. Wonka standing there to welcome back his workers. But no. The great iron gates were still locked and chained as securely as ever. And Mr. Wonka was nowhere to be seen. But the factory is working, the people shouted. Listen, you can hear the machines. They're all whirring again. And you can smell the smell of melting chocolate in the air. Grandpa leaned forward and laid a long bony finger on Charlie's knee. And he said softly, But the most mysterious thing of all, Charlie, were the shadows in the windows of the factory. The people standing on the street outside could see small dark shadows moving about behind the frosted glass windows. Shadows of whom? said Charlie quickly. That's exactly what everyone else wanted to know. The place was full of workers. The people shouted, but no one's gone in. The gates are locked. It's crazy. Nobody ever even comes out either. But there was no question at all, said Grandpa Joe. That factory was running. And it's gone on running ever since. For these last ten years. What's more, the chocolates and candies it's been turning out have been more fantastic and more delicious all the time. And of course now, when Mr. Wonka invents some new and wonderful candy, neither Mr. Ficklegruber, nor Mr. Prodnose, nor Mr. Slugworth, nor anyone else is able to copy it. No spies can go into the factory to find out how it was made. But Grandpa, who? cried Charlie. Who is Mr. Wonka using to do all the work in the factory? Nobody knows, Charlie. But that's absurd. Hasn't someone asked Mr. Wonka? Nobody's seen him anymore. He never comes out. And the only thing that comes out of that place are chocolates and candies. They come out through a special trap door in the wall all packed and addressed, and they're picked up every day by post office trucks. But Grandpa, what sort of people are they that work in there? Ah, my dear boy, said Grandpa Joe, that is one of the great mysteries of the chocolate-making world. We know only one thing about them. They're very small. The faint shadows that sometimes appear behind the windows, especially late at night when the lights are on, are those of tiny people, people no taller than my knee. There aren't any such people, Charlie said. Just then, Mr. Bucket 
Charlie's father, came into the room. He was home from the toothpaste factory, and he was waving an evening newspaper rather excitedly. Have you heard the news? he cried. He held up the paper so that they could see the huge headline. The headline said, Wonka Factory to be opened at last to lucky few. The Golden Tickets You mean people are actually going to be allowed to go inside the factory? cried Grandpa Joe. Read us what it says, quickly. All right, said Mr. Bucket, smoothing out the newspaper. Listen. Evening Bulletin Mr. Willy Wonka, the candy-making genius whom no one has seen for the last ten years, sent out the following notice today. I, Willy Wonka, have decided to allow five children, just five, mind you, and no more, to visit my factory this year. These lucky five will be shown around personally by me, and they will be allowed to see all the secrets and the magic of my factory. Then, at the end of the tour, as a special present, all of them will be given enough chocolates and candies to last them for the rest of their lives. So watch out for the golden tickets. Five golden tickets have been printed on golden paper, and these five golden tickets have been hidden underneath the ordinary wrapping paper of five ordinary candy bars. These five candy bars may be anywhere, in any shop, in any street, in any town, in any country in the world. Upon any counter where Wonka's candies are sold, and the five lucky finders of these five golden tickets are the only ones who will be allowed to visit my factory and see what it's like now inside. Good luck to you all, and happy hunting. Signed, Willy Wonka. The man's dotty, muttered Grandma Josephine. He's brilliant, cried Grandpa Joe. He's a magician. Just imagine what will happen now. The whole world will be searching for those tickets. Everyone will be buying Wonka's candy bars in the hope of finding one. He'll sell more than ever before. Oh, how exciting it would be to find one. And all the chocolate and candies that you could eat for the rest of your life. Free, said Grandpa George. Just imagine that. They'd have to deliver them in a truck, said Grandma Georgina. It makes me quite ill to think of it, said Grandma Josephine. Nonsense, cried Grandpa Joe. Wouldn't it be something, Charlie, to open up a candy and see a golden ticket glistening inside? Oh, it certainly would, Grandpa. But there isn't a hope, Charlie said sadly. I only get one bar a year. You never know, darling, said Grandma Georgina. It's your birthday next week. You have as much of a chance as anyone else. I'm afraid that simply isn't true, 
said Grandpa George. The kids who are going to find the golden tickets are the ones who can afford to buy candy bars every day. Our Charlie gets only one a year. There isn't a hope. The first two finders. The very next day, the first golden ticket was found. The finder was a boy called Augustus Gloop. And Mr. Bucket's evening paper carried a large picture of him on the front page. The picture showed a nine-year-old boy who was so enormously fat, he looked as though he had been blown up with a powerful pump. Great flabby folds of fat bulged out from every part of his body, and his face was like a monstrous ball of dough, with two small, greedy, currenty eyes peering out upon the world. The town in which Augustus Gloop lived, the newspaper said, had gone wild with excitement over their hero. Flags were flying from all the windows, children had been given a holiday from school, and a parade was being organized in honor of their famous youth. I just knew Augustus would find a golden ticket, his mother had told the newspaper men. He eats so many candy bars a day that it's almost impossible for him not to find one. Eating is his hobby, you know. That's all he's interested in. But still, it's better than being a hooligan and shooting off zip guns and things like that in his spare time, isn't it? And what I always say is, he wouldn't go on eating like he does unless he needed nourishment, would he? It's all vitamins anyways. What a thrill it would be for him to visit Mr. Wonka's marvelous factory. We're just as proud as can be. Oh, what a revolting woman, said Grandma Georgina. And what a repulsive boy, said Grandma Josephine. Oh, only four golden tickets left, said Grandpa George. I wonder who will get those. And now the whole country indeed, the whole world, seems suddenly to be caught up in a mad candy-buying spree. Everyone searching frantically for those precious remaining tickets. Fully grown women were seen going into sweet shops and buying ten Wonka candy bars at a time. Then tearing off the wrappers on the spot and peering eagerly underneath for a glint of golden paper. Children were taking hammers and smashing their piggy banks and running to the shops with handfuls of money. In one city, a famous gangster robbed a bank of $5,000 and spent the whole lot on candy bars that same afternoon. And when the police entered his house to arrest him, they found him sitting on the floor amidst mountains of candy ripping off the wrappers with the blade of a long dagger. Far off in Russia, a woman called Charlotte Rus claimed to have found the second ticket, but it turned out to be a clever fake. In England, the famous scientist Professor Foulbody invented a machine which could tell you at once, without opening the wrapper of a candy bar, whether or not there was a golden ticket hidden underneath it. 
The machine had a mechanical arm that shot out with tremendous force and grabbed hold of anything that had the slightest bit of gold inside it. And for a moment, it looked like the answer to everything. But unfortunately, while the professor was showing off the machine to the public at the candy counter of a large department store, the mechanical arm shot out and made a grab for the gold filling in the back tooth of a duchess who was standing nearby. There was an ugly scene and the machine was smashed by the crowd. Suddenly, on the day before Charlie Bucket's birthday, the newspapers announced that the second golden ticket had been found. The lucky person was a small girl called Veruca Salt, who lived with her rich parents in a great city far away. Once again, Mr. Bucket's evening newspaper carried a big picture of the finder. She was sitting between her beaming father and mother in the living room of their house, waving the golden ticket above her head and grinning from ear to ear. Veruca's father, Mr. Salt, had eagerly explained to the newspapermen exactly how the ticket was found. You see, fellers, he said, as soon as my little girl told me that she simply had to have one of those golden tickets, I went out into the town and started buying up all the Wonka candy bars I could lay my hands on. Thousands of them I must have bought, hundreds of thousands. Then I had them loaded onto trucks and sent directly to my own factory. I'm in the peanut business, you see, and I've got about a hundred women working for me over at my joint, shelling peanuts for roasting and salting. That's what they do all day long, those women. They sit there shelling peanuts. So I says to them, okay, girls, I says, from now on, you can stop shelling peanuts and start shelling wrappers off these candy bars instead. And they did. I had every worker in that place yanking the paper off those bars of chocolate full speed from morning till night. But three days went by and we had no luck. Oh, it was terrible. My little Veruca got more and more upset each day. And every time I went home, she would scream at me, Where's my golden ticket? I want my golden ticket. And she would lie there for hours on the floor, kicking and yelling in the most disturbing way. Well, sir, I just hated to see my little girl feeling unhappy like that. So I vowed I would keep up the search until I got her what she wanted. Then, suddenly on the evening of the fourth day, one of my women workers yelled, I got it, a golden ticket. And I said, give it to me quick. And she did, and I rushed it home and gave it to my little darling Veruca. And now she's all smiles, and we'll have a happy home again. That's even worse than the fat boy, said Grandma Josephine. She needs a good spanking, said Grandma Georgina. I don't think the girl's father played it quite fair, Grandpa. Do you? Charlie murmured. He spoils her, Grandpa Joe said, and there's no good that ever comes from spoiling a child like that, Charlie. You mark my words. Come to bed, my darling, said Charlie's mother. Tomorrow's your birthday. 
Don't forget that. So I expect you'll be up early to open your present. A Wonka candy bar, cried Charlie. It's a Wonka candy bar, isn't it? Yes, my love. His mother said, of course it is. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if I found the third golden ticket inside it, Charlie said. Bring it in here when you get it, Grandpa Joe said. Then we can all watch you take off the wrapper. 